Hello there. Thank you for joining us again on The Basic and The Brain. For those of you who may have missed us the last few weeks, we're Alina and Maddie, aka The Basic and The Brain, and we're here to bring Botox and Bravo to the fucking table for your next dinner party. Yeah, I mean, think of it as us bringing basic bitch topics into the intellectual sphere. So grab yourself a glass of wine, or White Claw, or whatever hard seltzer, alcoholic drink of preference, (laughs) and join us for this week's episode. How was Thanksgiving dinner? It was. It was good. Um, I don't know if you saw um, my contribution to Thanksgiving dinner, but I posted it on Instagram. And I mean, we all know I'm not the. I'm not a horrible cook, but I'm not a great cook. And wait, is this the bakery that looked like a turkey, or I thought looked like a turkey? I was like, what's that was going on. That here? was one of my contributions, and it was okay. Um, bought the puff pastry and there was too much puff pastry and I didn't know what to do. So I kind of like twisted the like end and turned it up. And then it looks like a turkey with a penis. Um, I ended up changing (laughs) that and I just kind of like scrunched it in the middle and I don't know, it didn't look better. It didn't look worse, but, um, it didn't look like a turkey with a penis. So I'm going to say literally, I thought you were trying to be on brand with the theme. I was like, Oh, look at Alina, (laughs) like making a theme to bake brie. Okay. No, that just happened. That just happened. I was trying to make it not look like that, but, um, and then Popeye's. Oh, I was like, who's making a fucking turkey? Who wants turkey? We're going to get some Popeyes. And so like my contribution was just like lifting open the thing. Um, but no, it was really good. But it was like, so we, we focus on the sides and I mean, I was like, guys, we need a, we need a green here. So I did make Brussels sprouts that nice. had maple syrup on them. <laughs> yeah. Delicious. I'm here. For I, it. I, I ate to the fact or to the point that I threw up. It wasn't like, oh, she's drunk, she's throwing up. I I literally threw up. That's how full I was. Oh, my God. It was horrifying. I was like, what's wrong with me? It was not good. What about yours? Your mom makes like the best Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, I mean, she was actually asking about you and Pierre. Pierre, You and Mark. Um, And she, of course, was reminiscing about last year um, when you two came and joined us for Thanksgiving dinner. And I just don't understand why it is that Mark has left such an impression on my mother. And like, she's only met him once. Oh, wait, no, she met him at the wedding, right? Yeah. Yeah. She met him at the wedding. Um, so like twice, but like he's left such a lasting impression on her that she, during Thanksgiving dinner was talking about how there's so much leftovers. She was like, Oh, if only Mark came, he would have like eaten everything that I put on his plate, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. blah. She was like, but then again, he probably would have had to take a shit in the middle of dinner. And I just like could not stop laughing. Like the fact that my mother still remembers Mark, like loving the food, like praising, like sending, giving her all sorts of praises for the food. And then in the middle of Thanksgiving dinner, getting up because he was so full to go take a shit. Like I, I love Mark. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not surprised that that's what she took away from the interaction with him. Um, I don't even know how many poops he's taken today. I don't want to know, to be honest with you, but um, yeah, he, yeah. Yes, he eats sometimes. Usually he's the one that's like eating to the point where he has to remove the food from his system. But mm. I don't know what it was yesterday. I think because I didn't eat all day and then I just kind of went ham. Oh, yeah. And I don't normally eat like that. 
Yeah. Like I don't eat healthy. Don't get me wrong, but I don't eat like sugar mm. on top of like cheese on top of butter. Like I don't cook with butter yeah. ever. And I feel like that's literally, I, I can't even tell you how much butter I used yesterday in Brussels sprouts. Um, and, and my big brie, of course, but, um, but yeah, so it was, it was just so much, but, um, but it was fun. It was really nice. It was just really low key. We didn't do that much. Oh, but that still sounds amazing. I mean, fucking just getting, I mean, the turkey, I feel like is the worst part of it all and the cleanup, like that's probably the worst. Oh. Actually. So that was the topic of conversation last night. Cause I was like, Ooh, guys, like this cleanup is going to be a bitch. Even though, you know, everyone helped me clean. Mm-hmm. I was like, tomorrow is still just not going to be fun. Mm. And I'm curious because apparently people literally have their like housekeepers or, or their, you know, their, their cleaning people come that night or the next day. And I was like, interesting. Like, I thought I was bougie, but I was like, my, my cleaning lady doesn't come, you know, she comes twice a month and she's not coming on Monday either. I'm kind of pissed about it. And I'm like, shit, should I have Oh my God. A week or something. I bet you people like put this in the books like a year out. Like, no, 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 you're coming the day after Thanksgiving. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, they should totally upcharge you assholes too for it. I mean, look, I don't have a house. I don't have anybody who comes and clean because you know I'm married to a French maid. Um, I was like, well, that's because <laughs> I have not here. I have not lifted a toilet brush, like a, a cleaning toilet brush pretty much in the past like seven, eight years almost that I've been with. <laughs> praise, praise. Cause I have a clean and but I live with Mark. So I do that often. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> you need someone uh, every day coming in that house. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think twice a week, twice a week was like ideal back oh, yeah. in, back in Hong Kong when that was a thing. And now it's very much not a thing, but I <laughs> once every two weeks is fine. So learning lesson here is Alina, like you need to work it out with your person that like next year they're coming day after Thanksgiving. A hundred percent. That's what I need to do. Get on your phone, email her, text her, whatever it is, get it sorted. Well, actually. Okay. So another question, I I don't know if this is relevant because you don't have a cleaning lady, but I feel like I'm the kind of person I literally clean for the cleaning lady. Like I'm like, Mark, we have to do the dishes, get all the dishes out of the sink. And he's like, it's like the shame that you feel of like the condition that your house is in that you need to well, like organize it to a place where you think is acceptable for the cleaning lady. Then to yeah, I I'm it. like, I, I mean, it. I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I feel embarrassed. They're like, how does this animal live? And, but so again, that was at the top of the conversation yesterday. And one of my friends that was here was like, oh, like my, my cleaning lady, you know, she does my laundry and mm-hmm. then she puts her laundry away. And I was like, wait. What? Because Erica back in Hong Kong, like she used to put my laundry away. I will do laundry all day. I will fold laundry. I fucking hate putting laundry away. I don't know why. Interesting. It annoys me so much. That is so funny. And so now I'm like, wait, this is like opening up a whole new world for me. I can have you come the day after Thanksgiving. I can have you put away my laundry. I don't have to do my own dishes. Like I'm so confused. That is ha- so amazing. I love that, that you're now having these realizations of what you can have. Well, well, one day I overheard them talking in the kitchen and I, I don't speak Spanish, but I heard her say sucia mm-hmm. and I Googled it and that means dirty. And I was like, oh, she thinks I'm a dirty fucking or little hamster. she could have said something in particular was dirty. 
I, okay, I know, but I didn't understand. And all I know is that I anchored to the word dirty and now I'm convinced that she thinks I'm a dirty hamster. And so I, I'm not kidding. I literally like clean everything. That is insane, Alina. Like, <laughs> I will t- say I've actually told Pierre that I'd be willing to pay for someone to provide a service and to, oh my, no, my ring light went out. What just oh, happened? It's okay. I look fine, right? Yeah. Um, anyways. Oh, there you go. That's fine. Yeah. So he, so I told him, I was like, I'd be willing to pay for cleaning. Because as you know, for him, it's like a little bit more of an OCD. So it takes up a lot of his time. Um, I don't think you and Mark realized how bad it was until we went on that trip to Vegas and we had that like house and you were like, oh, he's, he like, it's like 24 seven. And I was like, yes, it is 24 (laughs) seven. But I told, oh, continue. No, I, was just, I think it started when we went to Target and Pierre went on like a rampage purchasing supplies. Oh yeah. Cleaning I think at first I was like, oh, this is COVID related. Oh no, that's just Pierre. Yeah. <laughs> but, and then when you told me like, oh, we don't keep Clorox wipes. We have alcohol wipes because Clorox wipes leave like streaks or something. Streaks. And I was like, yep. Oh Yeah. Welcome to my life. Day in the life of. Um, but he's but, willing to do it and he doesn't get mad that you don't. No. I mean, that look, is amazing. I'm, I'm also not like a slob. You know what I mean? Like I have centralized points in the house where like I will, it's like the Maddie clutter piles, but it's not really clutter. It's like organized clutter, if that makes sense. So that I know where my things are at. And it's only like two or three sections in the house, but I'm not a slob. I will clean after myself. I will, you know, like do what needs to be done. But for him, it's 24 seven. And so I'd offered, I was like, you know, I could get us like someone to come once a week or whatever it is. And he was like, no, because I would have to clean after them because they wouldn't do it the way that I would want them to do it. And I was like, okay, conversation has ended officially. But that's what I was going to say. I don't think Pierre is not like, I feel like it's not necessarily about clutter or not clutter. Obviously he doesn't like clutter, but I think it's, it's actual like cleanliness. It's, it's not necessarily like everything needs to be put away. So he doesn't see it. It's like, has the surface been disinfect disinfected enough times? Oh no, but it's also a clutter thing too. Like he doesn't like my clutter piles and he will constantly ask me like, what are you doing about this? And I was like, well, it's staying there. Cause like, that's some oh, of God. like my work laptops that are just like in my clutter pile. Right. Um, and so we have come to a good middle zone where I have my little sanctioned clutter piles or clutter sections, whatever they are. He doesn't touch them. I don't expand further. And, and that's it. I have my little territories and, and you know, <laughs> and then we remain neutral and everything's good. <laughs> and on that note, do you think we should start on our basic bitch quickies for the week? I do. I do. Okay. So for those of you who may be joining us for the first time, may not be aware, we typically do a lightning round of top headlines from the week and give our, oh, give, we give, <laughs> we give our- Mowage. Mowage. Wings us together. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I don't know why that made me think of that. It had nothing to do with it at all, but okay. I love that reference. So we give. We give. Um, a quick top of mind thoughts about things. Um, so I pulled a few. Let's get to it. Are you, uh, you know, setting the timer? Oh God, my job. My every, job. Single every, time. Time. every single time. Every single time. This is kind of how I operate at work, to be honest with you. It's like I only need one fucking job. And I, <laughs> I often just, I'm like, oh shit, I had one job and I didn't do it. Okay. What do we think? Two minutes, three minutes? 
Oh, we should do three minutes each. Okay, three. All right. So first headline of the week, Rolling Loud California increases age limit following the Astro World Festival tragedy. All right, and go. Um, first of all, I don't know what the fuck rolling cloud California is. I don't mean to be an asshole. Um, I looked into it, but I I have never, and I had never heard of this. So, I mean, um, yeah, it's just like one of those like music. I feel like they're becoming so popular now that like every few yeah. months there's like a new one popping up. I mean, everyone's trying to be Coachella. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I I think it's responsible for mm-hmm. sure. But I guess my question is, what are they? I. I still don't know how that's necessarily going to stop potential hurt or anyone getting hurt or tragedy. So I just, I just hope that it, it does, but yeah, I don't know what they're hoping necessarily to achieve. Well, considering that the youngest person who died at Astroworld was nine, I think they're trying to prevent underage folks from being present. And I think when you're 18 too, like, I was going to sound kind of weird and how I'm thinking about it, but like you're sturdier body wise versus like a nine-year-old who can like easily, you know, get like lost in the masses and, you know, they're shorter. Um, So so, so they should have a height limit then. You know what I mean? I, I don't, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think some of it is just optics and some of it is also yeah. like safety oriented too. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot more foundationally that needs to change. And I think that goes from like security management to actual like crisis crowd control. Um, and they need to have better processes in, in store and, and nobody has said anything about that yet. So I'm hoping there'll be another article talking about what they're going to be doing. That's different than Astro world. Um, and I'm kind of curious if the number of attendance is decreasing or increasing, like based on if there's like the fear of what happened to Astroworld, if people are scared that it might happen again, that, you know, it's affecting ticket sales, for example. I I imagine it's going to have some kind of a negative impact on their attendance in general. Although I I wonder if they'll release the information about tickets sold versus attendance. And even Mm -hmm. if they do release it, is it accurate? Who knows? But yeah, like I said, I I don't know what what a nine-year-old was doing at a like festival like that. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think I went to my first concert when I was like 10 or, you know, so don't get me wrong, but it was like a concert with like a seat assignment and stuff. Uh-huh. And my mom was with me. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I, I think that it's more like, it's more less about the age and more about the process, like the, yeah. the security and, you know, not letting people jump the fucking fence and, you know, not 100%. having people over capacity and stuff like that. And also to your point too, about the seating, like they talk about how um, some event management folks have talked about how concerts and events, music events that are standing only are actually a lot more fucking dangerous than seated events. So maybe we like move away from that model and go back to seated events and just a thought. Yeah, but then it wouldn't be a festival, it'd just be a concert. Yeah. (laughs) We went to a concert recently. I mean, it was like this like folk singer uh city in color i don't know if you you probably don't even know who he is but he's like canada's number one artist or something like that and he's mark's favorite musician in the world and we've seen him a number a number of times but it was like our first concert back in covid land mm-hmm. or after covid land excuse me and it, not only did we have assigned seats but like literally like we all just sat there in our seats like singing to the songs like clapping our hands <laughs> That's how you know you're old. That's how you're old. And you're like, I'm enjoying this. Like the people in front of us were like, do you guys stand? Are you standards? And I was like, or standards, standers. And I was like, 
if you fucking stand, you make me thank you very much. That was gonna be very, very, very angry. But um, yeah, so I get it. But then it's just a concert, and like, how do you how do you do that? I don't know. But okay. Anyway, that's over three minutes. Okay, what's the next one? And I'm really excited about this one. Um, and just like that, this is how Samantha Jones is being written out of the Sex and the City reboot. And go. So this was actually a topic of conversation at dinner last night. And I am so annoyed. <laughs> like, I understand they wanted to like leave the door open. Thank yeah. the Lord they're not killing her off because I, yeah. I literally think people would probably boycott the show, myself included. Mm-hmm. But like, she lives in London, had a falling out with Gary. Like, that, that's the best you could do. I mean, what else could they have done? Like, I was trying to think of it and of like what they could have realistically done in writing her off. And I actually think that that's the best, the best route they could have gone in order to leave the door open for Kim Cattrall to come back. Also, just like a side note or a side question, do you think Kim Cattrall will come back? No. Because I I feel like she was very much like foot down, I'm never touching this fucking show again. And I just love how the studio producers were like, yeah, no, we're leaving the door open just in case we really think she's going to come back for the second season. I'm like, "Uh, okay, guys. I don't think she's going to come back. I think, first of all, she can't go back on what she said at this point, right? Like, if she goes back on her whole, like, this is about me being empowered to make a decision for myself and my career, and, like, I am done with that. If she comes back now, like... But also, what is she doing right now, career-wise? Like She doesn't fucking have to do anything anymore. (laughs) That's, That's the thing. I mean, I guess, but, like, she did this, like, one show supposedly she was like this rich woman and she had gotten like her person had gotten dead her person gotten dead wow can i speak english today her person died and she was like in this like fight with the kids of her hubby that was yeah yeah. um so i know that that existed but i haven't heard anything about there being a second season i didn't watch any of it so i'm just kind of curious like what are you doing career-wise like your fans really want you to come back to this like we love you as this character um, I understand and I want to respect her decisions, of course, but there's also a part of me of like, Kim, like you made this role. Like there is no Samantha other than you. No, there's no other Samantha. And I get that. And to your point, I don't think she's doing anything, but I also don't think she has to do anything, but she's Samantha fucking Jones. But, but, um, I don't know. I, I also feel like how many times have we all thought and said, like, leave it be, do not create another sequel. Don't do anything else. Like how, like. I feel like they they were very, 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 very close to fucking up everything that they built. I mean, they fucked everything up in the second movie. What well, I was, yeah, about? but but they did, they did, but like, not not so much, right? Look at how, we're, we're still talking about it. We're still excited. Everybody is going to watch it, yeah. uh, you know, when it comes out. But I mean, the, the and just like that, but I just feel like she maybe is like, guys, like we gotta, we gotta stop fucking with this. Like leave it. It ended beautifully. The mm-hmm. first movie was like great. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. I did. Too. Second movie, I was like, "Whoa, this is like, it's a lot." Uh, yeah. So maybe that's what it is. Like she said, it's not about money. She said it's not about anything else. Like, um, maybe I do that's what think. She I know we're supposed to stop now, but I think it also has to do with like her beef with Sarah Jessica Parker. I know they say that there's like yeah. nothing there right now, but I feel like that's the main reason. Like she hates her. There's like spitefulness there. Um, I think that's that's what it is. Sure. And let me tell you something. If I didn't like somebody, I wouldn't want to go to work every day with them. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, I don't know. 
I don't think she's coming back. Put it that way. Kim, come back, please. <laughs> Fine. I will just let my hopes die of her ever showing back up on the show. Fine. Whatever. But then it would be really funny if the producers then have to like go back in the second season and actually kill her off. Oh my God. <laughs> don't do that. Just, just stop talking about her. She... She beat cancer. Like, let us have that. No. <laughs> oh my God. No, they're not going to. Okay. Maybe they will. I don't know. Okay. Anyway. So, anyway. Beyond that, let's get into today's topic. Um, so not to sound like an asshole, but um, I will be honest, this topic is kind of funny to me. Uh, we all know Kim Kardashian has started dating Pete Davidson. And I have a lot of thoughts on the matter from like, A, is this a PR, PR stunt for her upcoming like Hulu show? B, is this, like, is he a rebound? C, is she really interested in him? Do they actually have stuff in common in order to establish some kind of a solid relationship foundation? And if so, like, I'd love to know what it is. Um, or D, is the dick just bomb? Or, or, or. Is the dick just bomb? <laughs> honestly. Or she saw Courtney getting lucky with the tattooed, like, punk rocker type and decided her sister either shouldn't have more attention than her or that she should prob stay outside of her like usual type in order to find happiness. Or this is Chris mm-hmm. Jenner working over time and saying, bitch, take the fucking heat off of Astroland and Travis. Ooh, I'm not saying, I'm, I'm just saying. Oh, look at you with your like little conspiracy theory. I'm not saying, I'm just, you know, I love a fucking conspiracy theory. <laughs> no, um, but okay. But so he also, I mean, we all know that he was engaged to Ariana Grande for, I think like a month or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like when, you know, thinking about this and like, I mean, Kim Kardashian, I think is the ultimate, right? But the list of celebrity women that he date that he's dated. Um, and I think we'll talk about this a little bit more later on in the episode, but like, I mean, Ariana Grande, Kate Beckinsale, um, Phoebe, I don't know how to say her last name. So we're going to call her Phoebe D that girl from, um, uh, from Bridgerton. And then like Cindy Crawford's daughter, Kaya Gerber, like yeah. this guy, maybe the dick is just that bomb. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's on a roll, but like, he can date them, but you know, and that sound like a dick. Can he like keep them though? I am. <laughs> that is one of the, one of if not the bitchiest things I've ever heard, like ever heard you say. And I'm so proud of you right now. I feel like I'm rubbing off on you. <laughs> I feel like back in the day, you would have been like, oh, Lena. Alina. Maybe he's just a nice guy. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he's really intellectual, and you know they they have some uh, philosophical conversations, and you know they really love him. And now you're like, well, motherfucker might have a nice dick, but he can't keep them. Like, what? <laughs> Who are you? What did I say? Something that wasn't the truth, though. I mean, he's dated some like pretty strong and powerful women and famous women, but like none of them have been really long term. If you think about it, and look, I mean, I'm sure he has some wonderful qualities as a human being. Like the dude's funny. He has like pretty strong family values. He's like relatable to some degree. He's like vulnerable. He's super loyal with his crew. Yeah. Um. I I think like I'd fucks with him as like a friend. Like if we were to ever meet, like yeah. I'm. I'm sure he and I would be like homies, but when I think of Kim and her usual trading dating preferences, it just doesn't 
like my brain is struggling to really make ends meet here. Like it seems very disjointed and no judgment to him or to her. This is the Maddie coming out, the pure, uh-huh. innocent, all lovey-dovey Maddie who wants happiness for everyone. Um, like no judgment. It's just, it, this is purely coming from a place of curiosity. Like, I'm just going to be like, why do you think Kim is dating him? Like, I, I, I just want to know. <laughs> I think it's a couple of things. I think like it's a rebound personally. I think it's a rebound um, and or cover up. No, I'm joking. Uh, maybe. Uh, no. So like, I, I could, uh, I'm not sure that I think it's like a PR stunt. I couldn't see that, but I do think I, I would like to think that there's a little bit more morality behind there. Um, it's Hollywood. I, Come on. I, yeah, I personally think that she was probably just really tired of being like dragged around and dealing with Kanye and his like bullshit. You know what I mean? Like fair, just everything. I mean, that whole thing where he came out and made that statement like that, that can't have felt good. Um, and so I think she was just like, yeah, let me date down this time. Right. Like, so I don't have to compete with my husband or my boyfriend or whatever it was. And, mm-hmm. and I think like, she probably, again, like I think Kanye and I, uh, he had enough personalities, like he had personality cause he had a lot, he has a lot of them. Right. But mm-hmm. But I think that she was like, let me just like enjoy myself. Find somebody with a nice personality who seems a little bit more humble, who probably is like not worried about some of the shit that she has to worry about on a day-to-day basis, like social media following and shit like that. Like, and let's be real, like, he's not, he, he's not hot, hot. Mm. Pete Davidson is your, is, is, is it Davidson or Davison? David. I think it's Davidson. Okay. I thought so. Anyway, yeah. um, he's funny, hot. And you know, I also feel like he seems like he might be a little bit aloof, which I can see being really attractive to women, specifically women mm. that are used to getting so much attention from anyone and everyone, men, women, you know, mm-hmm. it just in general. I feel that. No, I feel that. Um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. There's probably a lot of trauma there from her dealings with Kanye. And for our listeners who may not be aware, there was this whole incident a while back where Kanye went on a Twitter rampage where he essentially said to the public that, you know, Kim and him were thinking about an abortion, um, which, you know, that probably is not great for your first child who you are talking about Northwest to see. Um, and then also mentioned that Chris Jenner is pretty much this like mastermind who's the reason why, you know, Kim came out with the sex tape and blah, 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 blah. Like really just going into the mud with the family. Oh um, and there've been like several instances as well. Um, but yeah, no, I, I can agree with you on a lot of what you just said. Um, and I love that we're both on the rebound train. Um, so I actually did some research and there's surprise, 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 surprise. Um, and there's an actual psychological basis for rebounds, which of course I found fascinating, but you know, it also feels like pretty common sense with some of the stuff that I read, um, and pretty logical. So, um, I'd love to get into it with you. I mean, of course, you did research on Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson. Um, <laughs> shoot, just let's hear this. I'm very interested in this. It honestly feels like I'm presenting my research paper for you. Let me tell you my like senior thesis, like dissertation right now um, on rebounds. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there are people who are probably doing their dissertation on the psychology of rebounds based on the studies that I was reading. But uh, so we all know Kim and Kanye are in the grips of divorce. And though it seems like they're trying to do this amicably, pretty much 
any type of divorce or dis- dissolution of an intimate relationship um, pretty much is often follow up with like a period of grieving, right? It's like you spent your entire life with this person or a set amount of years doing a lot, having shared experiences, potentially children, like you know, to all of a sudden just have that completely change. Of course, it's very natural to have sort of period grieving. However, there's some research out there that believes there should be a, some certain level of time that's spent focused on healing post-breakup. And weirdly enough, I saw an actual formula for how much time should be spent. Um, Solo Dolo, which already kind of rubs me the wrong way because you know that I don't really believe that human emotions or experiences are black and white. Like there's mm-hmm. gray, there's so much intersection on the, the like spectrum about it. Um, so supposedly it's healthy to give yourself about 68 weeks for every year that you were with a person or in a relationship and then double that time if the relationship was toxic. This sounds like someone is trying very hard to make their research happen. Like, uh, like if I'm I trying if to I think about happen, thank you. <laughs> so I'm trying to make <laughs> fetch happen. Um, no, uh, like, no, absolutely not. Like if I think about that, um, and let's hope that this never happens, but let's go, let's err on the conservative side of this. We need eight weeks for every year. The relationship lasted. Mm-hmm. Mark and I are about to celebrate 10 years together. You're telling me Holy that shit. I need to spend two, two times 10, 20 months. That's almost two years grieving our relationship. Like, and I, I, I guess I would want to understand what exactly they mean by grief. Does that mean that you shouldn't jump into another relationship? Does that mean that you should like work on yours? I, I don't know. Oh, but, and that's me saying that I don't think that we have a toxic relationship, but if it was toxic, you're telling me I need to spend five years or four years, like grieving, grieving this. And it's just like, okay, devil's advocate. What if somebody already started the grieving process of their relationship? And I do, I I don't disagree with that, the whole grieving thing, but what if you already started that before you're officially separated? What if like you split amicably, you're just like, Hey, like we've grown apart. This isn't working anymore. I still love you. And I want you to be happy. And I want me to be happy. And like, there's no grieving Mm. if that makes in the, in the, um, traditional sense. Yeah. I mean, that's the exact right reason why I think the formula is bullshit because there's so many factors that go into like how people process emotion and heal, right? Like grieving. very relieved that you think it's bullshit because I was a little concerned. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. I was reading this what? and I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? Um, yeah. yeah, no, I personally think it's bullshit because it doesn't take into consideration that like grieving doesn't look the same for every human. There's some mm-hmm. people who have like a lot of trauma and don't have the tools um, to actually like process through them. So clearly it's going to take them a lot longer versus people who, you know, are going to therapy and have already been working on themselves for years and years and years. Um, and they're going to have sort of the tool or like foundation. Us. Like us. Oh my God. <laughs> and what if we learned, I don't know how to, I don't know, I don't know how to show my emotions. <laughs> and I'm pretty fucking awful <laughs> at grieving. <laughs> uh, I think we've learned that over the last year and a half in particular, where my, my goal is just to make myself laugh. <laughs> we shove things deep down and pretend they don't exist. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. You'll it's get through. Fine. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. Okay. Back to Kim Kardashian. Welcome to our podcast where we talk about our traumas. Okay. Thanks. Um, okay. Well, outside of this formula, when it comes to rebounding, there's one study in particular that examines sort of the hypothetical benefits, if you will, of rebounding. Um, and so, you know, the study basically okay. showcased 
that rebounding um, buffers the distress that anxiously attach, attach people experience after breakups. So if Kim is an anxious attachment, which we've talked about previously, uh, then this makes sense. Rebound relationships are a way to boost self-confidence in order to prove oneself as desirable or attractive after a breakup. But we all know Kim K is hot as fuck and her followers all know she's hot as fuck. And I'm pretty sure she knows she's hot as fuck. So this is probably not relevant. Um, they've also, they're also used as a way to fill a gap left by a former partner, um, whether that be like emotionally or just from a practical perspective. So like, let's say in Kim's case, you know, it really seemed like Kanye was not as emotionally supportive or present towards the end of the Present. I don't think he was emotionally present. He wasn't physically Physically present. present. Exactly. He lives in fucking Wyoming Wyoming. for like seven years. So like this could be one of the things, right, where she is trying to fill a gap that wasn't provided in the relationship or started dying off in the relationship, you know, in sort of this rebound. It's sort of like an immediate need that you need and therefore that's what you seek out. Um, The other thing too that I found interesting about this research, um, it also found that feelings of attachment can unconsciously transfer from an old relationship a partner to a new person when there's some de- degree of similarity between the two individuals, which skr, red flag if I ever saw one. Um, and lastly, there's evidence that the anger felt after the end of an intimate relationship can fuel the desire basically to get into a new relationship purely out of revenge. Ain't nothing like a woman motherfucking scorned, I say. So yeah. Well, but first of all, I just want to say that there's couldn't be less similarities between Kanye and I know. <laughs> Such differences. So I don't know. I don't know. This is like... Yeah, I know. applies to Kim. <laughs> but I think there's some relevant points here yeah, yeah. Um, in regards to like the anxious attachment stuff. And I think the filling gaps thing, those are pretty t- two big pieces that I think may be relevant as to why this is a rebound. Um, and last note on this, actually, um, before we move on is... Because, of course, this relates back to our discussion, attachment theory, and for our viewers who are interested in learning more about attachment theory, please check out our Bachelor episode where we kind of go in depth about this. But one study um, I read observed that attachment style predicted how quickly a person would jump into a relationship after a breakup. Um, For anxious attachments, um, basically the sadness and anger and kind of rejection that they're feeling about the dissolution about the relationship, um, they typically would then, you know, facilitate another formation of a relationship to kind of like move away from feeling that sadness and anger. Um, And then the, for avoidance, as we all know, our favorite types, um, their lack of distress over the loss of a partner because they are cold hearted, looking at you, Alina, um, makes it easier for them to quickly begin their new relationship. (laughs) First of all, I love you. I love you. Don't kill me. <laughs> I am not cold hearted. Um, you You're actually well, one of the warmest loving people I know. <laughs> thank you. That's not true, but that's okay. Um, okay. So first of all, I just want to say snaps because I see you bring in a previous episode's learning into today's. I love <laughs> it. I love it. Um, and so I, this is a little bit hard for me to relate to, especially from the whole attachment style situation because I've only had one real boyfriend in my life who okay. is now my husband. Um, so I don't know what it would be like to even like try to I guess rebound. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like it all it all makes total sense, right? Like I think for folks who feel like abandoned or who feel like loss of anything and need that like fulfillment or validation or something, I can understand wanting to be like, oh shit, I got I gotta like fill that void. Um, 
But on the, on the flip side, I can also understand people who just don't really get attached in general, being able to move on pretty quickly. Um, and I guess I'm thinking about it in the context of a lot of my friends, like, or, or I know a lot of people that have been, you know, who always have a boyfriend Mm. or who are never single. And it's like the serial daters. Yeah. Mm. I'm like, how the fuck do you like, how do you, how do you find somebody that wants to like hang out with you that much so fucking frequently. I'm like, Jesus, in like college, for example, I couldn't get anybody to like look in my general direction. I'm like, hi, do you want to buy me a drink? Oh, no, no, I'll buy myself. A, I'll buy you a drink too. Like just, just to like <laughs> talk to me. I'm like, I was an ugly girl. You know, it's not like, oh, well, she had a glow. I mean, it did have a glow up, but different. But you know what I'm saying? It was like, I yeah. used to be like, how, how do you constantly find people that also, want to like wife you up? But the energy to have to put into fucking dating and like being a serious, like Jesus Christ. Like the effort it takes for me to get out of bed in the morning. Like you're asking me to start like dating people, like consistently get the fuck out of here. (laughs) But I think that they, they go like that. That's what they get their energy from. Mm. And, and I think, I don't know if you, if you would kind of draw this parallel, if you have any friends or people that you know, like this, but I feel like after a while, it's mm. like a the guys maybe seem like they're the same person and or <laughs> the the girls and maybe the guys too um they seem to just kind of like become whoever they're with they're with yeah mm-hmm. yeah like i i know i i have this friend um and she literally like one day was like i love baseball i'm the biggest yankees fan i was like you've never watched a baseball game in your life and then like the next guy she dated was a really big like anime person and suddenly she's like got all these fucking pop dolls and stuff and i was like <laughs> like who even are you at least you know that they're learning throughout their dating journey right like <laughs> i don't ugh. college degree in a multitude of like habits or or, or hobbies yeah but like i, I don't know I, I feel like it, it, uh, yes i don't know for me maybe it's just like like mark has a lot of hobbies and i don't really share them and i'm just yeah. like no like, oh, yeah. hey, you want to play video games? That's totally fine. He's like, well, don't, don't you want to hang out with me when I'm playing them? No. Or he's like, don't you want to come out with me while while I go shoot like photography? Like while I go take pictures? And I'm like, no, that's not. Unless you're photographing me. No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I'm the muse and the subject and you can beauty cam the shit out of me. No. Um, but okay, sorry. So I, I, I just want to say something because I know that we've been talking a lot about this from like the Kim angle as a rebound. Like mm. what about the fact that Pete Davidson dates everybody and their fucking mothers? Like, and mm. he jumps from women to women and he stays in these quote unquote relationships for a few months, which by mm. the way, that's another question that I have for you in general is like what constitutes a relationship? Because I feel like, you know, I don't know. I guess like I consider a relationship like something that's substantial and I don't know, maybe I, I don't have like a particular identifier for it. Like, it's not like there's a criteria, like you must meet the parents or you must spend a holiday together. It's not like that, but it's just like dating for two months to me. Like, I don't know that I would consider that my ex. I mean, I guess once again, it also just depends on like, <laughs> I'm going to say this, like how a relationship is defined for you. Because for me, a relationship is when I come into contact with someone and I'm being introduced, like now I have a new relationship with this person, right? Like it's not a deep relationship, but it's more like an introduction, an introductory relationship. Well, I mean, romantic relationships. Yeah. I mean, that's a tough one because I feel like our society too avoids the concept of commitment. So like 
I, I mean, I don't know about you, but when I was dating, it was like, oh, I'm just talking to them. Yeah. Oh, now we're dating. Oh, now we're exclusive. No, we're like kind of testing the waters, still talk- like. I don't even know what the fuck each one of those categories really even meant when going through it. But it's, for me, it's like if you show interest in someone and like you're seeing them on somewhat of a consistent basis, I think that's a relationship in in regards to a romantic sense. Okay. So, okay, fine. Um, Well, okay. Then I guess my question is more what's dating versus like hanging out or hooking up. And another question for you, when someone says we're hooking up, what do you think that means? Because I feel like this is a popular one. That is a good question. And I have friends who actually want to hear what you think before I bias you. Um, I think for me, so kind of going back to the difference between like dating versus hooking up. For me, when someone says they're hooking up with someone, I still perceive that as dating. It's just like a non-committed dating. Like you're still seeing this someone and like you're having like booty calls or whatever, but it's like in a form, it's still a kind of relationship dealing Mm -hmm. with like needs um, to some degree and pillow talk, I guess. Um, and then I really am an avoidant attachment style. Cause in my head, I'm like, it's not a relationship unless like you yeah, ask me, do you want to be my girlfriend? And like, <laughs> that is just so funny. Cause like for you, you need to have like those firm, like definition. And for me, it's like a relationship is like I said, like I could have a conversation with someone for the first time and I have a relationship with this person now, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think it's just up to perception and how you define it yourself. But uh, for me, I think that dating and hookups are kind of one and the same. It's just different veins within dating, if that makes sense. saying, Got yeah. it. Okay. Wait, so now what do you think hooking up means? Like if your friend was like, oh, we're hooking up. Are you assuming that they're like, are they going past first base? Are they making out? Are they like P and V? Like what? P and V. Yes. Is there P and V? Okay, Lena. I'm going to be so proud of me. Mom, I've never done that before. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I've heard it. Sure you haven't. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, your poor mother. <laughs> I, this is why I told my mom, do not listen to this podcast. <laughs> if you want to keep me like in the spotlight in your mind of like my beautiful child, like don't do it. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, uh, hook up, hook up, hook up. I mean, I don't know, like... I, once again, it's like different veins that go into it. So I have like a wide definition for hookup. So I think like, you know, hooking up with someone, AKA like making out with them every time you hang out with them. Okay, cool. That's hooking up. If you're, you know, Netflix and chilling, AKA PNV, whatever. (laughs) Okay. PNV. PNV. Okay. Um, (laughs) Or PNV. Oh God. VNV. Because, hey, like you're going about it from heteronormative. Like, I'm talking about full stuff. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. Fine. Fine. Okay. But you get what I mean. Like, I think it's just an open term that is like a catch all for people doing whatever it is. Because I think sexuality is nuanced. Okay. So it's so much more black and white. I literally (laughs) are. (laughs) In my head, it's like a relationship is. Like this person is not, it's not re- like introducing you as their friend to anybody. Again, ro- romantic relationship we're talking about. Okay. So for me, it's like to be like, oh, I dated him and I like got coffee with the guy once. Like that's not a date or that's a date. That's you didn't date this person. Like there might have been dating, but so for you, happened. like one date, 
doesn't constitute absolutely dating. not okay. okay two months doesn't doesn't fucking constitute a date i think or two dating. months too i feel like if it's one date then so. no it, you weren't dating the person you just went on one date with them and you were like mm, you're not my cup of tea but two months and okay. if they're seeing each other like let's say minimum two times a week over two months like maybe that's like eight, that's like 16 remember? times you've gone out to see this person hang okay. out with them. Remember that I just told you I couldn't convince anybody to take me on a date until like that. Fair enough. So, okay, right. <laughs> this, is, this is maybe that's my skewed pers- perspective. Um, okay, so, but in my in my mind, mm. don't judge me for how I'm I view not, I'm things, not how you. I view the world. Girl, um, I'm not judging okay. you. I'm so, telling you my perspective and you got yours. I'm okay. for it. So my idea is that, again, like a relationship is like, or like you date, like you're dating I, I guess fine. If you're seeing someone two times a week and they're like taking you out and they're paying for your dinners. Um, I am also very traditional in that sense. I think that like, you are so funny. I can't with you. <laughs> I mean, you know, Mark is paying for my life now. No. Um, um, although interestingly enough, interestingly enough, I like made a, made it a point to pay for a lot of dates when I met him because I didn't want him to be like, Oh, she's just like, gold digger because remember Aww. he made he made seventy six thousand dollars and i was like he's fucking rich he I, I can't let him know i'm a gold digger <laughs> he can't find out until after he puts a ring on it and then turn it all off um oh, okay man. so that oh, Mark. Then, okay. <laughs> so i think for me i think you're talking to someone if you're like there's clearly intention mm. and like you know, you're talking all day, every day, or what, I don't know, whatever it might be, whatever your schedule is. But I think that's when you're talking to someone when there's like, again, there's interest and, you know, it's like flirty, whatever. Um, mind you, again, this is all my date, my brief talking to and dating and whatever experience is like before all the apps as well. So this has probably changed a lot. And then I think that hooking up when I was younger, hooking up was like, oh, we made out. Like, oh my God, I hooked up with him. Mm, I made out yeah. with him. Yeah. Um, but then I don't know. I don't know when this happened, but now for me, like if you say, "Oh, we're hooking up," I immediately think you're fucking. There's some PNV or VNV or whatever it was that you said. Like, um, <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be exclusive, or I'm not gonna exclude anybody. No, but seriously, like now it's like I don't know. I guess I'm just like we're grown ups. Like I don't. I feel like making out is not a big deal. So now it's like if it's something yeah. that's worth like telling me, there better be some like. You want some action. You like want some action. Yeah, if you're like going to tell me you're, you're hooking gonna, up. I want my imagination to go me. to the wildest of fucking places if you're telling me that you're hooking up. Which my imagination's like, oh my God, they did missionary. <laughs> 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 Maybe there was like some doggy in there, but generally. Oh, sweet baby juice. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, no, but on, okay. So, right. Like, I'm like, if you're going to call me, but like, oh my God, I hooked up with this guy. Like, you better not have just fucking kissed him. And he, like, it, like if, he, if you're like, oh my God, he like touched my boob. I'm like, oh, okay. Or, or like 15. <laughs> like, I don't know. Anyway. Okay. Let's, uh, let's go back to the whole Pete Davidson. Davidson, mm-hmm. Davidson, Davidson. Um, let's go back to the fact that like he also mm-hmm. is a little bit of a hopper. Um, and I know that you talked about this a little bit earlier, but let's like break down the timeline specifically of his relationships, which, you know, I, how I feel about relationships, but whatever. Uh-huh. Okay. So Carly Aquilino, I do not know who this are, is. Apparently she's an actress. I think mm-hmm. not much information, but they dated in 2015. Apparently like when he got engaged to Ariana, she freaked out and like, there's a whole text thing, whatever. Cassie David, who is, um, Larry David's daughter, I would say son, daughter. They dated for two years. 
So it's like the longest relationship they've ever, like he's ever had, I think. Like on record, yeah. On record, yeah. Um, And so apparently they broke up in like May, 2018. And he literally like announced that he was dating Ariana Grande, like literally the next day. Suspicious. I know, right? Everybody thinks Pete Davidson, nice guy, nice guy. But mm, this is nice. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, Ariana Grande, of course. Um, So they literally started dating in May, 2018, like the day after he broke up with Cassie. And um, they bro- then they got engaged, I think a couple weeks later. And then they broke up five months later in October, 2018. God damn. Okay. So five months. Mm-hmm. Then there was Kate Beckinsale, mm-hmm. who's like 25 years older than him. I think he was like the same age as her daughter, which is yeah, like to go back to last week, you know, when I was like, I would date younger guys too, if I could and was single. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like that would be a little weird having like a child, same age. Anyway. Yeah. But then again, like you and I both are products of like 20 year difference in marriage age. Like my mom and dad were 20. Was it 16 for your parents? 13. 13. It's not, it's not that dramatic, but I guess we, we had this conversation where my, my mom's closer to my brother's age than my dad's age. Okay. That's weird. I don't want to think about it. Anyway. (laughs) So Kate Beckinsale, January, 2019 to April, 2019. That's like maybe four months. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Then Margaret, Mar- Margaret, Margaret, uh, Margaret is no, <laughs> Margaret Whaley, Um, also thinks she's an actress. Um, so August to October 2019, that's like two months. So again, Margaret. we're back to counting two month relationships. Damn. Um, then Kaya Gerber, Cindy mm-hmm. Crawford's son, uh, daughter, what are you doing? Um, October 2019, so the same month, mm-hmm. to January 2020. Then Phoebe D, March 2020 to August 2020, five months. Okay. And then like he had like a year and a half break that maybe we just don't know about it. Kim Kardashian, October 2021. This feels very cyclical to me. Also notice that he tends to like get with people in October, Mm. January, and August. His favorite months. Right? Wait, what if he is the next fucking mastermind, AKA baby Chris Jenner, who is managing the shit out of his own career and like using these women for publicity. Let's turn this shit on its head. Look at you. I'm just like loving all of these like alternative theories coming out of you. Like this is, I love it. I'm here for it. You know, I love this shit. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's, I mean, I'm going to see this common practice in Hollywood though. I'm, I'm not sure of this at all, but like oh. considering that it is the, land of you know people having to put up like some layer of storytelling and a narrative and a mask out like sure I think it's possible but also in my head I'm just thinking like wouldn't there be more backlash from these women if they were being used like I know Ariana and Kate have said that he's like the nicest person and they've only said the nicest things about him um so there's a part of me that feels like this might just all boil back down to um, attachment issues. Like he could very much have a fear of commitment or, you know, those people who just like fucking love, love, you know what I mean? And they're just dating and they will overly romanticize shit. And you're like, wow. Okay. Like they'll make it seem like a fairy tale. Like, Oh my God, he got me coffee in the morning. He is my prince charming. And you're just like, bitch, he just got you coffee. That is the bare minimum. Wait, Uh, hold on. Sorry. On that note. Hold on, mm-hmm. sorry. I have something to say about coffee in the morning. Do you watch Summer House or Winter House on Bravo? I have not watched either. Oh, well, get into it. So the Summer House crew and then like some of the people from Southern Charm and then some of their friends that just came. Um, anyway, there's this beautiful Italian man on the show. You and mentioned him before and we shared his Instagram, yes. 
Oh, that's right. Andrea. Anyway, love you, Andrea. Um, so there's an episode or like he, his thing is like, he gets coffee for Paige and Sierra every morning in bed. And she, and Paige is like, oh my God, my father gets my mom coffee every morning in bed. Like, just tell me you love me. Cause I know. And so I looked at Mark and I was like, you make yourself coffee every fucking morning. We have an espresso. All you have to do is literally put the mug and press a button. Like, why don't, why don't you give me coffee in bed? And I was really angry about it. And then this morning I was like, oh, I'm going to go make myself coffee because he refused to get out of bed to take care of the mongrels. And, mm-hmm. and he was like, oh, can you have me some coffee and bring it to me? And I was just like, no, you don't get coffee in bed because I don't get <laughs> coffee in bed. So the point is, God. I think coffee, I think getting someone coffee is a really, really, really important act of service. Fair enough. But once again, everybody has a different love language, right? So if acts of service are your thing, then I'm sure that that really hits the, the spot for some people. But the point I'm trying to Fine. make, Alina, Sorry, I just wanted to say that. I get it. It was just an example. <laughs> for someone who's like, one of the love languages is like more physical touch. For me, I'm like, whatever, I can make my own fucking coffee. But um, so I was just trying to give an example of somebody who over romanticizes simple actions that may not be as like pertinent to most Like folks. me. <laughs> <laughs> like me and Paige. <laughs> but like, you know, there's those people in our lives who just like really love fucking love and will like go head in first and like deep dive in there. And then they'll realize afterwards, they're like, wait, we are not compatible in the slightest. And then they'll dip. And you know, what's kind of funny just talking about this now. It really reminds me about Taylor Swift. Um, and I, I, like, remember when she was like going through this phase where she was just like dating, like every John which, mayor, like, John Jake mayor, Gyllenhaal, Gyllenhaal, Tom Hiddleston, Tom, your guy, yeah. right? Isn't that your guy? Yeah, my guy. She like did him so dirty. And like in one of her songs, apparently was talking about how he was literally her rebound from Calvin Harris. Like, the girl has, you know, and a lot of people shit on her for it. And I'm like, look, I have no judgment, but it's just so, it feels very similar in the sense of like, you know, the, the serial dating perspective of it. Maybe. Yeah. Um, also, it gets me thinking from like Kim's perspective a little bit, like reverting back to Kim. Okay. Um, and like just thinking about attraction overall, like as we know, Pete is just not her usual type. Like considering, no. like you think about what was his name? Oh my god, I'm blinking out. Reggie Bush. Reggie. Ray Chris. J. Chris. I forgot about Ray J. Yeah. What was it? The um. Well, who was the other one? Um. The one. That oh, she- her husband. Her, her first husband. husband. Da- yeah. Her- it was named Damon. I think it was Damon. Like there's, and she's like, she has a, like a particular type, right. Or like very specific profiles that are her type. Um, and so for me, it's like, let's say that it's not a rebound and she actually likes them. And is considering this is like a long-term relationship opportunity. Um, there's this potential, I think, of like, a tr- like the science of attraction could potentially explain her interest in him. Um, so a good example of this is like, you've heard of the golden ratio, right? Hell yeah, all the plastic surgery surgeons talk about it. Exactly. So yeah. golden ratio is basically this like mathematical symmetry algorithm that underlies our perception of attraction attractiveness. Um, I think it's like 1.618, something along those lines. Um, and the focus is that it's typically used in a lot of art, a lot of architecture. Um, and supposedly the more symmetri- symmetrical someone's face is. Um, in regards to the golden ratio, the more of an indicator it is of attractiveness. Um, and because I'm a nerd, I actually checked Pete Davidson's um, facial symmetry in regards to the golden ratio. And he's at 83.25%. Fun fact. 
Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Perfect is 1.168 and he's 83. He's like an 83%, like 83% close to that ratio. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, wait, excuse me. Interesting. Um, 83 is more than I would have thought. Yeah. Same too. I mean, like I was like going through it and I was like, huh. Um, but then it's like, you look at his face and you're like, wait a minute. Like when he, it, it's actually not that bad. Like the symmetry in his face is, is like, it's very hard to see with the naked eye, like any lack of symmetry, let's say. And he also has like a really nice jawline too. If you look at like mm-hmm. his natural facial structure. Um, anyways, so there's so much more that goes into the actual science of attraction, but to boil it down without bogging everyone down with the scientific aspect of it all, um, from a biological perspective, as you know, and as I've talked about several times, and I think a lot of our different podcasts, um, we're all looking for someone who will help ensure sort of our, that our children are genetically blessed and coded for their best chance at survival. Is that why celebrities all date each other? Because they're all fucking beautiful? Potentially. Well, also, like, you have to think, like, that's their circle and the people who will understand them most are those who experience the same level of fame as them, right? Like, dating someone who's, you know, a normal person, they may not understand the industry and the world that you're living in, the attention that you're getting in, um, et cetera, et cetera. So, you're fine. I mean, there's like several factors that can go into it. Um, but basically we're looking for the most reproductively fit partner to conceive with. Um, and it doesn't only just include biology, but it also, you know, for women in particular, we look at the ability <laughs> for them making money to keep their offspring safe, here, here. <laughs> to provide in general. Um, and from a biological standpoint, there's this thing called MHC, which is major histocompatibility complex. And what this is, it's essentially like a group of genes in our system um, that has an important role in our immune response, right? So we typically look for mates that have kind of sort of the complete opposite of ours because that lends to a better off chance that our offspring will survive or have like a better, um, more diverse immune system. Um, and so one study, um, I read had women smell t-shirts that belong to men, um, and what they found is that women will typically find the scent that's most attractive to them. Um, it will basically be um, a male with differing MHC t- to them. So it all goes back to genetic survival of the offspring, which also makes me think like love doesn't exist and we're all essentially like subconsciously programmed to just have fucking kids. And that's what makes our decisions in every which way, shape or form. Well, I mean, millennials are then fucking with this theory I mean, and concept, right? Because <laughs> apparently we're not having kids because we want avocado toast. <laughs> It's a lot more complex than that, but okay, Alina, yes, avocado toast. (laughs) No, I'm not. That's not a quote from me. That's like all these fucking articles that you see that's like, oh, millennials are buying houses for their dogs and not themselves. It's like, hell yeah, my fucking dog is biting me on the street because you can't be out in public. I needed a house. (laughs) I think I want to deal with this shit. Okay, so back to Kim, back to Kim. Back to Kim. So there are some theories as to why she's into him, right? So one could big be- Big dick. Well, yes, big dick. <laughs> I mean, basically everything that I said earlier, definitely big <laughs> dick included. Um, but no, there's this other added layer of like, it could potentially be a savior complex, right? She has a need to fix things, you know, definitely through her like philanthropic work as like, you know, you know, up and coming lawyer, you know, I, I'm not sure. I don't think she's passed the bar yet, but she is no. going down that route of wanting to do her best to help people. Um, you know, and he's kind of a troubled guy with a lot of baggage, especially from like a mental and physical health standpoint. Um, and also considering what she went through with Kanye, like 
maybe she, you know, potentially stayed with Kanye because she was like, I can help him. I can like make this better. Um, so there's a layer of that potentially. So I agree. I think that she stood by Kanye's side being like, uh, you know, I'm his wife. I need to be supportive, blah, 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 blah. But I think in regards to Pete, I, I, know, I, I am personally less inclined to think that this is the case. And I think that the majority of that just is because she literally, she's still in a relationship technically, right? And Connie is going around calling her his wife and stuff. Yeah. But I, 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 she just quote unquote got out of a relationship mm. that had so much baggage. And I don't mean like the physical or the mental or even like the emotional baggage. I mean, you know, whatever. Um, but I feel like, you know, again, he did some stupid shit. He said so much ridiculous stuff that hurt her, that hurt her family, mm. hurt her like her. I was just going to try to quote something from last week. Defamation. No, I'm joking. It wasn't, it wasn't that serious, but you know what I'm saying? It's, Mm -hmm. I feel like she had to always be the strong woman who like stood by him and had to like smile and be supportive while he's going on these fucking Twitter rants and running for president. And she's like, excuse me, you don't even live here. Um, And so I, I feel like she's probably, I think part of it is that she's just done dealing with shit and being controlled by and like living with a narcissist. Um, and like, for example, you know, I read this article or I guess it was like a kind of recap of a speech that he gave while he was going to the LA homeless mission about getting back with his wife. And this was a direct quote. Mm. Hold on. When God who has already wanted his soul brings Kimye together, there's going to be millions of families that are going to be influenced and see that they can overcome could work as a separation of trauma. You're at a fucking homeless shelter. A homeless shelter. And like, I just, like he, I think he actually thinks he's like Jesus. I also think Kanye is finally coming to the realization that he's lost a good woman. Oh yeah. And I think he's having to come to terms with that, but he's really struggling. And he thinks that like, oh, we're soulmates. There's no way she's leaving me. Like there's also a part of him, I think that believes that he made her which is false in all regards, but he feels like he's the one who got her to start thinking about how she was dressing and thinking big from a business standpoint. And Mm -hmm. like, we all know there was a evolution of a different Kim once she was with him. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, I don't, there, there are parts of that I agree with. I don't think it's like holistically him, but, but it's, I think for him, he's just like, Oh, we're meant for each other. There is no way. And he, because they have what four kids now, Four kids, right? Five. I keep thinking it's four. five, but it's four. Um, they have four kids together. So I'm sure it's even harder of a thing to stomach knowing that you have four children with this person and you're not having to separate your life because of some like massive fuck-ups because you didn't want to like essentially be a good husband and come to some kind of compromise. You wanted to go live off, do whatever you wanted. And she was the one who had to make the sacrifices. She was like, I'm fucking over this. Well, yeah. I mean, I also think that like, she beat him. Mm-hmm. She divorced him. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's. I like think that's a critical part of it. Yeah. There's so. definitely ego there. Anyway, we'll Anyways. get off my soapbox about this, but I don't know. I, I I I get it, but I don't think that that's this relationship, in my personal opinion. So, Fair enough. what are the Fair other enough. theories? Let's go. So the second one, which kind of ties into a lot of what we've already talked about earlier, is that you know 
Pete's a simple guy. Like when you read through Twitter and social media, some people are actually theorizing that because she's like a very powerful, busy woman, like you got Skims, you got like KKW Beauty, you got her brand overall, you got her children. She's in the midst of this fucking divorce. She's like studying for like the bar. She doesn't want to fucking come home Mm -hmm. to or be with someone who's going to add more problems to her life. Like she wants someone who's going to make her life easier, who, you know, someone who is funny, who will help her decompress who will be adding to her life versus taking up her bandwidth. Like he's a funny dude. You know, we all know he's vulnerable. He's very open um, about his like health issues. He's a relatable person. Um, And then kind of going back to the humor piece, like researchers from Northumbria university claim that humans, I know I'm going back on my little like scientific bullshit. I literally literally just giggled. I was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. More educational stuff. But we're talking about fucking Kim Kardashian. No, I'm joking. We can but make no, her deep. It's it's. I think it's it's an important like note to make because we all know Pete Davidson as like a comedian. He's a funny dude, right? So mm-hmm. researchers from Northumbria Northumbria University claim that humans perceive a good sense of humor as a sign of both intellect and social intelligence. And according to the okay. head of the research project, Christopher McCarty, I believe their name was, um, women are evolutionarily geared to respond to signs of intelligence and social intelligence as an attraction factor. So the logic behind this being that an intelligent man would be better able to provide and protect for women and her potential offspring, just kind of bringing us back to full full circle of like it all being about the fucking kids. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's like funny hot, right? Like my funny hot guy is Jason Segel. I don't know why. That is interesting. Okay. I think it's just a 36, five or whatever he is too. I'm like, Oh Oh, yeah. Very tall. tall, So fair enough. Um, Like I would have said John Krasinski, but he's hot, hot now. Oh yeah, he he had a glow yeah, up. Exactly. Glow he used to be up. funny hot, but now he's hot hot. So like you don't yeah, yeah. count. So Jason Segel, I think. It's like funny so, hot plus yeah. like money and like aging mm-hmm. like a fine wine, then you become fucking hot hot. Yeah. There yeah, he's hot hot. I mean Jason Segel, I'm talking about like in the forgetting Sarah Marshall days. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So yeah. okay. Um I this makes a lot of sense to me. Um I think that she, I think she's Again, she needed to get out of this toxic, unhealthy relationship that she was in. Mm-hmm. That clearly made her unhappy. I mean, we all saw her break the fuck down on keeping up, right? Yeah. The Kardashians. And that it's looked bad. Breaking. Very, very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and they always talk about how, you know, Kim is always like the strong one. She's always one to like kind of yeah. deal with it privately. And, you know, whereas like there's the Chloe who's always got her shit out there. And then Courtney who just, mm-hmm. well, doesn't do anything. So, um, but that's I, how you I, really I, feel, Alina. <laughs> she doesn't like. I I I don't mind Courtney, but I also don't. I think she's a little more ornamental at this point. In, but I think that's what she wants. Like, I don't think she wants to be as ingrained. What He's ornamental? He thinks. But I think that that's what she wants, right? Like, I think that's what she Fair wants. enough. It's like I'm not even going to show up to the fucking family picture that we all know that people wait for. I wait for every year. Come on, Courtney, get it together. Find the fucking time. I'm on team Kim for that one. Okay. I think if anything, Kim has been like in this box for a really long time. And I can't believe I'm saying this was so corny, but like, I think that there's a very, very, very particular expectation of what and who Kim Kardashian is. Yeah. And I think that Kanye exacerbated it and controlled it and like molded it into what he wanted. And so I think that now I think she's like rebelling against it. Like I know that we talked about this with the Courtney thing. Yeah. But I feel like Courtney kind of just did her own thing. It was like, I don't fucking care. I'm running poosh. 
I don't know what push is, but I'm running push at this point. Like, and I think Courtney, it was, it's like weird, but I don't think it's as unexpected if that makes sense. Like everyone's like, oh, they've been younger yeah, forever. Courtney's always been like the different one, right? To some degree. Like Chloe was like trying to be a little, I mean, she is different. They're all different in their own respect, yeah. right? But Courtney was really, really different, I think, than the other two sisters than Chloe and Kim to that degree. Well, I think that, uh, okay, so I think Courtney was different in that her priorities were really different than the rest of them. Yes, agreed. I think that that's what stemmed or what like created this whole Courtney's different. I just think she didn't want to fit into a box. And I think that's what frustrated her most and why she wanted to step away from the limelight. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm done living this way just because an audience thinks that I should be this particular way. Yeah. And I think, I think like, so the way that that impacted her versus the way it impacted Chloe, I think for Chloe, it was more like the physical pressure to be like oh shit I'm the fat sister and I think that's awful because like no she she no, should no, say I, that I, I, she'll I, say I, that right no, no, no. and so I think that like the way she channeled that was into like her physical appearance about being in that box yeah. but I think that Chloe, mm-hmm. of Chloe I like really want to be on revenge body like I will divorce Pierre just so I can get on revenge body <laughs> and like, oh my God, to put back together. Right. also let, let, let me tell you a little something about revenge body it's called a BBL no. okay <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Although I hear that BBLs are like not in, not on trend anymore, or they're not going to be on trend in the next like two to three years. Wait, so um, asses are not a thing anymore? So no, a- apparently no. Oh, that's so sad. So my yours is natural. Yeah, but like still, BBLs were like a thing because asses were a thing. Do you mean to tell me that there's like a new procedure now? Is that what you're trying to tell me? No, no, no. What I mean to say is that apparently the the Chloe and um, Kim are taking their asses out. Uh, cite your sources, bitch. What? <laughs> There's TikTok. no way. There's TikTok or whatever, no whatever. Apparently they're going to make them smaller. Um, and they are, what? Interesting. Interesting. No, yeah. And so it's like, I always thought that their asses were way too large for their proportions. Yeah, hundred percent because they're not yeah. real. So I guess that there's like maybe this trend of going back towards being a little bit more natural from a proportions perspective. And um, I don't know where we started going. Oh, but I will tell you, I'm still going to get a BBL one day. I don't give a shit. I also refuse to give up skinny jeans. I wore skinny jeans today. Um, yeah, I don't know why Gen Z decided to like shit on the skinny jeans. Like, just let, leave me alone. Because they all have BBLs. Because <laughs> they don't. Because their proportions <laughs> are not the fucking same as ours. And some of us <laughs> can't wear straight leg mom jeans without looking like a fucking mom. Yeah, Pierre. Like, and not in a good way. There are some hot moms. I'm talking about the not hot moms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, like the shit that our moms wore when we were kids, like those type of straight leg jeans. Yeah, that's not good. It's not good. I did yeah. buy a pair. They were dad jeans, actually, they were called, not even mom jeans. And Mark hates them. He's oh, yeah. like, what the fuck are those? I'm yeah. like, they're trendy. He's yeah, like, yeah. ooh. Pierre fucking hates it. I bought like the, the boyfriend jeans, which are like kind of similar-ish. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pierre fucking hates them. He was like, please put those in the back of your closet and never wear them again. Because it's it doesn't give you shape. Shape. Right. And I'm just like, I I want to have some shape, especially since I have shape to show off. So yeah. I'm gonna show it off. Thank you. Yeah, no, no. I I'm I like I have one pair. Like I said, I wear them when I'm feeling a little frisky. When I go to Venice, really. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, fine, I'll take out the dad jeans. Um no, I no. Fair enough. Let's hold firm. Middle parts. Middle part. <laughs> Wait, no. Gen Z is saying middle parts are in. Like they're shitting on people who have side parts. 
That was the whole thing. Oh, sorry. I have a middle part. That's why I'm supporting middle parts. Yeah, no. I, I had like a side part for a long time. I like my side part. Fuck. No, you can have your side part. I'm supportive of that. I'm supportive of side parts. Um, you know what I, What trend I got I to gotta move on from, but I don't know how. Oh, God. Because um, I actually thought about it the other day. I still have a belly ring. Oh, my God. That's where you have a belly <laughs> ring. I forgot about that. Remember when I left the bar? Oh. And I went and I got my belly button pierced. And you guys were like, where were you? I was like, I was just getting my belly button pierced. How fucked up were you that day? Like, I'm actually kind of curious. I just remember being like, wait, where's Alina? Where'd she go? <laughs> they were like, oh, Alina's just, they were like, oh, she went to get some air. And then I came home. I was like, ah, oh, I got a belly ring. Uh, no, the problem is like, I, I don't even know. Um, I, I fit like I can't get it off. Like, I think I need to, I just need to go to a piercing place and have them take it out. But that's just a lot of effort. And I like, don't even think about it. But today... I tried to wear, I was going to wear a pair of jeans and it's like, it's not a crop top, but it's not, not a crop top. Mm-hmm. And my belly ring was exposed. And I was like, Ooh, that's not going to happen. And then it's like, oh, I gotta get this thing out. Like, oh, but Britney Spears still has one. I think that's actually going to make a comeback. Cause that was really big in the nineties and so, early two thousands. So maybe I'll keep it. Yeah. I would say like, you know, just leave a couple of years, like, leave, you know, it. leave it in for like a it. year or so and see, see what happens. Always these things have a resurgence some way, shape yeah. or form. Like scrunchies made a comeback. I was like, are you I fucking can't. kidding me? <laughs> I can't. I can't. I have too much fucking hair. Scrunchies don't hold it. Needs that one a lot more elastic. Fair enough. Fair enough. No, I used to love scrunchies when I was younger. When they went out of yeah. like, fashion, I was like really heartbroken about it because I had like this whole collection of scrunchies. Like, it was my thing. Yeah. Um, and I remember getting like picked on because I had scrunchies and I was like, fuck you. Um, I mean, no, I didn't say that. My I was like, there's hurt, no. <laughs> said that as a kid um you were like you were like i have curly hair oh okay little butterfly clips cannot hold it remember butterfly clips when we would just oh like, my god yeah i'll I mean, kill myself if those come back i think they have though i've seen oh, some gen z's like use it in like the no, tiktoks absolutely not in that guys. App. <laughs> absolutely not Okay. On that note, I think, I think we're done for the day. We're starting to get into like Gen Z versus millennial (laughs) warfare at this point. (laughs) So there you have it. Thank you so much for joining us again on the basic in the brain. Be sure to join us next week for our next spin on intellectualizing our basic bitch interests. Be sure to join us and don't forget to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Tweet us at Basic and Brain and follow us at The Basic and the Brain on Instagram. Give us feedback. Tell us what you love, what you don't love. Tell us what topics you'd like for us to cover. And we'll talk to you all later. 